When we do our pee break, we do like one hour of that. <laughs> okay. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Where Mr. I'm, uh, now look. Here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I school ll cool j no okay Who was that new york rapper though you're in the right ballpark okay. cool keith cool keith yeah uh i was on warp tour the first time i did warp tour cool keith was on there no shit yeah wow yeah it was really good did you hang out with him no <laughs> that would have been cool no, i was in some podunk little punk band Dude, playing by the merch yeah dance. you yeah. probably weren't i was lucky to get backstage at all yeah exactly I'm sure you probably weren't ready to hang out with Cool Keith. No. Nowadays, like if you had that opportunity, right, you would take it too. You would be like, "I gotta hang out with that guy. I got some knowledge for you." Yeah. yeah. Well, that because that guy was always like the like mad scientist of, mm. of rap. Yeah. In New York, he did the. Uh, he was also known as Doctor Octagon. Mm -hmm. That was him. That uh, era, kind of an innovative dude, and that album. Um, that I'm blanking on the name of right now. Uh, he did with uh Dan the Automator. I love the Dan DJ. the Automator. Yeah. yeah, that dude's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so, a uh, much better tomorrow. That's what it was called. Right. I randomly, so a couple episodes ago, we were talking about Mike Patton with Mr. Bungle and Faith No More, mm -hmm. and then we did some work for Mike Patton, and then I saw we all um. I'm trying to remember if you were, I don't think you were there. You weren't. But we all went out to dinner at this super fancy spot, took all our clients out. And yeah, everything. no, don't remember that. No. <laughs> Sounds pretty fun. Uh, everyone was there <laughs> but you. And, uh, but we went out to the spot. We no, saw, I think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I remember we, that. We, we saw Mike and we went over. And yeah. He was eating with Dan the Automator because. Oh, really? Mike Patton and Dan the Automator put out an album. Uh, I should slide it into this in, in post. Uh, <laughs> they put out an album of like, just kind of like smooth listening and half of it they did all just instrumental like him and dan the automator wrote this album and then they did the album again so it came as basically two albums and it has this weird they overdubbed like weird like old school 70s like motivational like weird speeches over it and it's 
fascinating. There's really? one song in particular that is one of the smoothest jams you've ever heard in your life. I gotta check that out. Yeah. I never thought I'd see a face that could a thousand ships. Those two really creative dudes. Right. Um, Keeping Tom. I used to be. Oh, Lovage. That's it. That's the name. That's the name of it. I used to be friends. Get ready for a commercial to pop up here. Um, You know, I've heard it said that carrying a gun is not supposed to be comfortable, but it gives you comfort. Do you think our friends are listening to us? I argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Um, I used to be friends with this DJ. In San Diego, yeah, it was pretty popular, and uh, he always talked shit about Dan the Automator. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? He just said he was kind of a dork, yeah. which is ironic because the guy I'm most, thinking of, most people that are really good at stuff are dorks. Well, this guy was kind of a dork too. The guy that was right. saying it, so it's kind of like dork envy. Oh, like he's treading on his territory? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, this whole album is really good. This sounds like Dan the Automator, right? It's all in this style. Is that Mike Patton singing? Yeah. Yep. That's that wasn't Mike Patton singing. Okay, so that's Jennifer Charles Worth. <laughs> that dude can pull that voice. I, I know, I know. I first, when I but I started to ask the question, I was only half joking. By the time yeah, I finished yeah. the question, I realized it was actually a joke. Uh, cool, dude. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would uh, that whole album that we just played a much better tomorrow is fantastic. It's actually one of my son's like go to mm-hmm. rap jams for sure. So the one thing that you are more of a hip hop guy, mm-hmm. especially with the old school stuff, and I was like very very selective about the hip hop stuff that yeah. I liked, and then I got back into it in the nineties. With the whole hieroglyphics crew, like Souls of Mischief, when mm-hmm. I found that album, like oh, I gotta dip back into this, and I found like Dell, and then you find us some start because they start putting it in skate videos. And yeah, me being kind of a conformist, <laughs> conforming nonconformist, I guess you'd call it. Like, I guess uh, okay, cool. Now we're now we're supposed to listen to Spice One. <laughs> that is uh, this, and you're gonna hate this. This is gonna drive me nuts, but I'm going somewhere with this. Is um, this came up on my Spotify just uh, like a week ago. So I was driving and just listened to it. And I looked over at it and I'm like, why? Like, who is this? I'm always like, I'll, I'll put on just like kind of a playlist sometimes. And the name of this band is called Splattered. And when I saw that, I was like, why do I know that? Something's like sticking out to me. Like, I. I'm somehow like have some kind of connection to this or something. And I looked up the band and when you hear music like that, like the little bit that you just played me uh-huh. right there, if you heard that for the first time, would you think this is good or this is ridiculous? I I love this. You <laughs> thought this is good. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why I looked at the name. I'm like, I, I really like this. Like uh, 
you know, take note of like who this band is. And when I looked at the name of the band, it sounds ridiculous to me. Well, yes, <laughs> and I, I realize that, but that's how I feel. It's not like I hate it. I don't mean to say yeah. like, oh, this music again. No, it just sounds like kind of uh, like cheesy almost. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, so you, now you know how I feel when someone says like, oh, that song all about that bass. I just love it. Like, <laughs> all right, fair enough. You know, whatever blows your hair. I back. will admit that it is a cheesy song. <laughs> yes. So maybe it's saying the same thing. Like you, would you admit it's cheesy, but you like it, or is it just like this cheesy splattered? Yeah. Not cheesy at all. Not cheesy at all. No, okay, I all love right. it. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know it. So yeah. I don't, it's not my thing. So I looked up the band Splatter because the name stood out to me. And then I looked at the members. I was like, wait a minute. That guy looks really familiar. Travis, the guitar player. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I met this guy. Uh, I don't remember how. Uh, I got a call from him. Like, hey, would you be interested in starting a band? And so I met this dude. And we started, like, writing riffs. Wow. Sitting in the studio. And I remember the first thing. And I was already working on another band. I was like, I, I can't do two bands. Like, um, I got out of sight, and the other one was just starting to kind of take form. And so I told him, like, we jammed a couple times, and we kept trading, like, riffs back and forth. And I've always wanted to play in a band like this. I hadn't before. And the the, the delineating factor is because he would send me stuff to put to a click track, and the click would be at, like, 220 BPM. <laughs> it's just like, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I would, I would, you know, I take playing very seriously when I was playing. I was like, I would really, I would have to just, it's mind-numbingly difficult to play this music. Right. Like, like, I know it sounds like nonsense or silly or cheesy. I'm like, and, but for, to be able to play this stuff proficiently yeah. is like next to impossible. Okay. And then you got to go like, I got to find a guy that's insanely talented, insanely like driven and committed to his craft. Right. And then that wants to do this with it. And so he's not a fucking completely unhinged from reality. So like it's a narrow pool you're drawing. Totally. From. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. And uh, so I stepped down from it. I was like, I, I just I gotta concentrate on this other thing, and I, I, I can't do two bands right now. And then um, the riffs that we were like messing around with became this splattered. And he hit me up like two years later. He's like, we just fired our bass player. Like, would you be into playing? And at that time, my son had been born. I was like. I'm just starting a family, and like they wanted to tour and do all this yeah. stuff. So I don't want to say I was the original bass player for Splattered, but pretty close. Ah, okay. Kind of like the uh, who's the actor that was the original bass player for Josh uh, Brolin, Arkell, yeah, Arkell on LSD. Yes, yeah. Like uh, technically, I mean, right. this is what became Arkell. Try to find like confirmation of that on the internet; it doesn't exist. No. Right? No. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I've been going through all of our music for our intros mm -hmm. from zero episode zero to, to now. I'm about two-thirds of the way through. And I thought that we'd never repeated artists. Okay. That was my but we I, we're always just kind of I'm always going off the hip when I when right. I pick the music. I don't really know what's what. Yeah. Um but I have a rough idea in my head. Turns out so far, two-thirds of the way through, there's two artists that we've repeated. Really? Care to guess who they were? Um, One of them is a band that we both love and adore. Firehose. Uh, no. Mm, Rocket from the Crypt. No. Mm, Hot Snakes. No. Older. Um, Classic Rock. Boston. Uh -huh. Okay, got it. The other one might surprise you. <laughs> okay. 
And you, I didn't know. If I you say spin doctors. And uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> we we have played spin doctors twice now in the intro section, but one of it was that commercial that you made. Oh, okay. That one time. Okay, gotcha. So that doesn't count. Okay. Uh, this band, because I was under the impression that I had never repeated. Uh, bands, but right. you and I, we were talking earlier today when we were getting hammered at the bar that uh, you forget sometimes the things that we talk about yeah. on the pod. You don't know if you're repeating yourself. Sometimes we're doing the same episode, <laughs> 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 which is fine because I'm sure we don't have any of the same listeners that we did from the beginning. So, dude, the, the thing about Klaus Schwab that yeah. we're the point, you're like, dude, <laughs> stop. Hey, you already, okay. already There's this website called Deagle, right? You're never going to believe this. <laughs> No, uh, anyway, so this band that we've picked twice now is the one and only Cypress Hill. Oh, really? Yes. That is surprising to me. Isn't it? I know. Yeah. You, that would, anyway, you'd think that would stick out, but. Hmm. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into what I had to say because uh, I think what you had to say was a little bit more, there's no way I can recover. Yeah. Let's say that. Right. So I better get mine out of the way first here. Yes. Uh, did you hear this clip of Joe Biden telling us that our children were not our children, but they were? No. The, the, no, the, I, the, the only children. one I remember, so this, I'm guessing, dovetails with the clip from Melissa Harris-Perry that we played in the Lean Forward campaign promoted by MSNBC about getting over the notion that you own your children, your children belong to everyone. It's a communal effort which I found to be one of the most Who said that? Melissa Harris-Perry. Who's she? She is a fucking psychopath. And she they picked her to be the spokesperson for the Lean Forward campaign. That was That's who Joe Biden is talking about in this Okay, clip. there you go. He's quoting her. Okay. So he's doubling down on what she said. Really? Yes. Okay, Check it no, out. I haven't heard this, though. So I'll give the old video up here for you and only you to see since we're remodeling. You and my this. new French bulldog yes. <laughs> watching through the window. So remodeling the studio. We're not doing anything on video right now. It's dusty in here. Very emotional. About community connections, about how all of us belong. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. As I often say, you teachers hold the kite strings to lift our national ambitions aloft. You really do. I don't think he often says that, at least not publicly. <laughs> I've never heard the kite I strings analogy before. He's even alive. So, yeah. Uh, no one's child is someone else's child. Uh, I, I I believe that to be a false statement. I consider your child not my child. Right. And I think you feel the same about my kid. I, I could double check on how my taxes are done, but uh, I think it's pretty straightforward whose kid belongs to who. And I love your child. You do. I, I think I would probably lay down my life for your child. For sure. If it came to that, and I think you would probably do the same I would, for mine. But it's still not um, my child. Exactly. Right. And uh, as far as our children being the nation's children? No. I don't think so, sir. No. Uh, we are not going to do this on this episode, but I've been doing this crazy deep dive, and it began with um, Brave New World, then 1984, and the notion of predictive programming and tying it back into the British royal family. Like, mm. I'm not going to do this right here, but interesting. it is mind-bending, some of the stuff you see. And do and you understand the notion of predictive programming at all? 
No. It's basically... Um, I'm trying to think of the most simple way to explain it. It's utilizing iconic entertainment, media, or whatever to basically soften the blow for what's about to come to a population. Interesting. So, so it's kind of like there was something else I was thinking about this morning that is that. And the way I was thinking about it in my head, it's it's related to the limited hangout, mm -hmm. but it's almost like the opposite where your movies do this, right? Right. Where they put out this... Oh, I was watching Enemy of the State last mm -hmm. night. Do you know that... Do you know what year Enemy of the State came out? No. 1998. Mm hmm And in this movie, the big deal, the thing that is kind of setting off all of the action in right. this movie is that the, the Senate is trying to pass this bill that makes it okay for them to spy on us. That would be predictive programming. Okay. Yeah. This was 98. This was 15 years before Ed Snowden revealed that mm -hmm. the NSA mm -hmm. was spying on us. The NSA is the main antagonist in the movie Enemy of the State. Right. It's not the FBI. It's not the CIA. It's the NSA. Like, they are putting that out there. Like, yeah. the NSA is going to spy on us. And they use all sorts of fantastical... Technology. This is something that we talked about on a, on a couple of previous episodes, but when you look into any movie that has to do with something like this, that might be a big state-related or mm -hmm. war-related, like a Top Gun, whatever, that mm -hmm. all has to pass through the Pentagon before that movie's released. They get an approval on saying, like, you have to change this, you have to change this. Red Dawn, like, no, we're, we're looking at a hot war with Korea, so, like, we need to change. You can't yeah. say China. No, it's got to be Cuba. Right. Yeah. So in... In this, you watch this movie now and you think, like, well, it's kind of funny because all the technology that they have mm -hmm. is like really, really advanced from 1998. Right. I mean, some of it is impossible. Like, you know, when they do that thing, enhance, enhance. Right. On the, <laughs> the, the uh, what is it? The, uh, yeah. The CS, CSI show. <laughs> the yeah. David Cruz or whatever, he takes his sunglasses off. Enhance. <laughs> There's our culprit right there. Exactly. It's like had blonde hair on the right. body. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, like obviously that stuff, I don't know. It's it's just not it's not real right now. And some of it is so not real that it it's it'll never be real. But some of it is not real for nineteen ninety eight, but they are able to do that stuff today. Right. It's hard to watch the movie and not think like that's bullshit. And the best thing but, about it too, whenever they have that that technology in a movie, is particularly like CSI is perfect at this. It's like some 22-year-old with a nose ring and, like, blue hair. Like, exactly. Enhanced. He's like, got it. Exactly. <laughs> it's so well, funny. You know who it is in uh, Enemy of the State? No. It's Jack Black and uh, <laughs> Seth. Who is the, uh, the kid from Can't Hardly Wait? Uh, the, the nerdy, uh, kid, like, short kid with the, yeah, exactly. Like, the blue hair and, and the earring. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Totally blowing his name right now, but um, yeah, that's exactly the guys. And then the other guys that are like the the ass kickers that that go out and like beat up the yeah the 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 suspect or whatever right have crew cuts right you know like short hair. Oh, dude, it just dawned on me. Right, and the, one of the ass kickers is uh, da, 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 um, I'm blanking on his name. Big square jaw. Yes. Guy. Uh, he Handsome played, fella. He played uh, uh, football in the movie um, Varsity Blues. 
Yes. Uh, well, God dang, what's his name? Because they walk in and they all look over like, nice haircuts, boys. And they're all like dressed down like deep state FBI guys. It's even it's even better than that. They go uh, like, well. Just dawned on me what this movie is. I, it, I, I couldn't place it. It's like they're like, uh, well, you guys are the smart ones and you guys ask you like, well, couldn't you tell by their haircuts? And because Jack Black said right, that has right. like long hair. Yeah. And uh, let's see. What's his name? Uh, this is a We're looking name. at Seth Green. Oh, okay. Anyways. Uh, Show more, because the, the other guy is killing me right now. Oh, okay. It's, uh, where's that? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where's that dude? Where's that dude? Man, I thought he would have been uh, right up at the top. Yeah. Well, it's just that these are all old Okay, pictures. keep going. I'm going to find him, because it's driving me nuts. All right, you go ahead. Anyways, um, they put this stuff out, and I was thinking about it this morning after watching it last night and having the worst nightmare of my life uh, between then and, and this morning. And I'm thinking, you know, they put out all this. This is one possibility. I'm not, I don't know this for a fact, but this is how it, it, it seems to me is that they put out all this crazy technology and everything that the NSA can do and all this like really over the top spying that they're doing and they do it in a movie kind of like that movie with mel gibson was it called conspiracy theories or something where they just make him look like an absolute wingnut right so that when you actually start to think that stuff yourself you go oh god i'm just acting like a guy in that movie mm -hmm. you know i'm just acting like that weirdo or yeah you know they they make it it's the opposite of a it's predictive programming is that okay? Yeah. That's predictive programming. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So they're trying to get you to think that you're crazy because what you're thinking about is just what you saw in a movie, not what's actually going on. If you saw it in a movie, then it can't actually be reality. Which is the connection that the vast majority of the population it will tend to make because we just talked about Scott Can. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. So speaking of the NSA and the FBI and uh, the deep state. Um, I did you see the FBI's glossary of R E M V E terms that came out? Uh, is this the ones that are used as markers or flags for potential domestic terrorists or extremism? Exactly. Yes. I you know what R E M V E stands for? I don't. Racially or ethnically motivated violent extremism. Hmm. So what I saw had nothing to do with race or ethnic. Huh. Interesting. What did you see? I just saw the list of here. Here's the list of FBI terms used that they're looking out for things that pop out to them. This is a potential domestic extremist or that, terrorist that came from this. Okay. So, so, so this is an those, offshoot from what I'm talking those, about. Yes. Okay, the gotcha. the glossary terms that you saw yeah. was derived from these REMVE. Yeah. And when I saw that, glossary. I was like, well, I'm definitely on the list. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wasn't before, but I know. Well, you you definitely should be. Uh, so if you've read Mein Kampf, just live my my best life, brother. <laughs> reading Mein Kampf, um, which I really want to read Mein Kampf because I think that it would be interesting to know kind of what Hitler was was all about, so that you can understand what extremism in that form really looks like 
Uh, would you be, I mean, we don't have to do this now. Like, do you want to read this? Uh, Part of the book club? <laughs> <laughs> is like to see like maybe like where he got his ideas from. <laughs> I know where you're going. Okay. Well, another episode. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I'm afraid I'll to give you a hint. They're from America. Yeah. I'm afraid to order Mein Kampf on Amazon. Mm hmm. You know, to get it, you got to go down to like the book local bookstore <laughs> and buy it. Remember, we had that because uh, here in this neighborhood, um, every couple blocks, they have a like a looks like a giant oversized post box with like a glass door, and it's books. It's a it's a oh you can trade books. You can <laughs> take a book, leave a book. Come on, yes. we were at, we were on there and put mine comp in every totally. <laughs> Just one specific neighborhood, dude. If you find you want to buy a house in a certain neighborhood, but the prices are too high, that's what there you, you do. Go. You go around to all of the mail, the the volunteer libraries there, bring, and bring, just bring the price down, yep. scoop in, black, black rock style, scoop up some property, exactly. Jack the price Fucking back up. Brilliant, dude. We got to do that. Yeah, the day is young. Uh huh. Okay, so the FBI came out with this glossary of terms used by RMVEs. And it's um, okay. so yeah, I'm familiar with this. Not particularly what you're showing me right now, because this is race and ethnicity uh, specific. So I saw like the bigger one as I was saying before. Well, this also um, pertains to if you go up and read their their definitions up here, the threat overview. They talk about um, this is uh, not just about white supremacists, but it's actually two two groups: white supremacists. And involuntary celibate violent extremists, IVEs, also known as incels. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to me that they would right. single out incels. Yeah. But what, if, if what I, are they? If I had to be scared of one type of person, <laughs> incels would definitely be on my list. There's some unhinged people. I, I don't really think they're that dangerous, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, they have done some bad people that identify in that way as incels have done some bad things, mm -hmm. but. I mean, what group hasn't? Right. You know, I think that the the FBI is, they're doing their classic kind of divide and conquer, pick people, pick groups out, and isolate them so that the the rest of the society thinks that they're bad, and then they just whittle down society until you're left with you know a few you know basic groups that you can right. identify with to be considered safe. This I feel like that this subject is one of those things that if you brought up with someone. You start to get the eye roll, like, all right, here you go again. I probably get this with with your conspiracy theory. I'm like, I'm reading the FBI website. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how much more of a direct connection that you need. And what's so like eye rolly about it is the terms that are on here. Alt right. So alt right is used by everybody. The left wing media loves. I've been using thinking right. a lot about this because I had a. I just got into town, right? I had a huge drive this morning, and I was actually thinking a lot about this. And what else? I don't know how much I mentioned to you before, but so we take the notion of the alt right, and I was thinking about the political binary way of thinking is maddening to me. It's intellectually lazy. It's counterproductive, and it's fucking boring actually to listen to. Because I started, I was having a conversation with a friend over the weekend, and we were talking about this idea, and it's it's so 
it's almost impossible to have a productive conversation if that's how someone thinks, right? Because if like, there's only, I only have the capacity, the intellectual capacity in my brain to hold two placeholders for, as it pertains to this conversation, you're right or you're left. Right? Mm -hmm. Liberal, conservative, which are two totally different things. Or the, the most uh, clumsy and lazy would be Democrat or Republican. Yeah, and this is when you, yeah, absolutely, because Democrats and Republicans are the exact same fucking people. And when you have this conversation, which I have had the displeasure of having this directed my way, is if you don't perfectly fall into the narrative that they've already pre-constructed in your head of like who you are, you know, they've made a presupposition about what you believe and where you stand on everything. And as soon as you challenge that narrative, you watch, you watch, it's like you can almost literally hear squeaky hamster wheel in their head like slow down they're like ah like i don't know what to do with this and what they do with a wave of the hand like okay no you're you're all right or whatever and so f for example you would talk to someone like you're welcome you're into uh <laughs> you're you're into hunting yeah so you have guns i do um so you're pro second amendment i am very much so um okay so you probably don't want gays to get married uh no i i why would I care about that? Like, why? I, you marry whoever you want. Like, yeah. why, that, that, that's the knee jerk. It's, it's a non issue to me. And you can see, like, their eyes kind of cross. Like, that's the knee jerk assumption. Does that, not compute. The, the things that, so people. Oh, on fuck the, it. You're a Nazi. People right. on, the, on the right, which for, it's again a clunky term, but right. people like us, the assumption is that we hate gays. It's, it's the, so not only do we not want them to get married, we want them to die and not exist. I know. Right? And that's only true <laughs> if those people are trying to force me and my family to do something that I don't think is right. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter that they're gay. I want you to die if you're straight and you're telling me to do the same thing. I care about the individual. What, right? what you do with your life but, has no bearing on my life whatsoever. Yeah, I want you to be happy, to be honest. Yeah. I want you to do what you want to do. I just don't want you to tell me what to do. If you're poor, I want you to be rich. Yeah. If you're homeless, I want you to get your life together. I don't just want you to die. Right. And that I think is the the assumption that the knee jerk kind of lazy assumption that the that's that's the people what I, like, that's that's the point I was getting at is right. it's just uh they you, you take I knew it better than you so I was oh. uh, making making it better. <laughs> <laughs> so you are uh I would be Darwin and you'd be Thomas Huxley in this you're you're, you're my bulldog. Exactly. You want to get into it? <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so you kind of clean up my thoughts. I'm like, I just, I, I can't say this in front of people. And you come in swinging and, and basically repeat what I said and just think that it went over better than what I did. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> causing a fight with somebody across the room. <laughs> <Yes>, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so anyways, these, uh, these terms are basically what, just to kind of make this, I don't want to drag this out, but... What the FBI has done here is they've created a glossary of terms that their enemies use. And now they're going to say that because a lot of people just think like, well, if the FBI says it, then, you know, it must be true. And it's I, a I very unfortunate way to go through life. They're just defending America and America's values. So here's a list of things that are enemies. They say they don't say that part out loud. Say. Yeah. So if you hear people say this, you know that they're your enemy also. Right. 
just make it easy for you guys that don't really want to think about anything. And with the added bonus is this way you don't have to think about anything critically. Exactly. It's, for you guys that don't want to think about you anything. you a silver platter. Yeah. Here's who you hate. And you're you're yeah. dumb because we made you dumb um, intentionally. Right. right. We defunded, well, not defunded, but we, we made your schools into indoctrination camps that don't teach you actual thinking. We just teach you to pledge allegiance to the government and right. do, you know, your fucking homework and show up on time. And even if you don't, we're not going to give you failing grades. We're just going to keep you in the system so that you just, we pump out dumb people that will just listen to what we say and take it on faith. And here's where we get the NPC, like, oh, you guys claim you love this country, but you're always, you know, you're talking about how much you hate the government. The government is not the country. Yeah. Like, how many ways do you need that made clear for you why is how is Which that a contradiction such, it was such a fundamental tenet of the religion of statism is well, they conflate or they conflate government and country yeah you say you love the country but you hate the country. government like what is a contradiction in there yeah yes yeah yeah absolutely exactly that's we, exactly we thank you you gotta grab their hand high five yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> then you get that cross-eyed like I, I'm, I'm confused again I wish there was a way to find out. Ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, so here's some more terms. You I'm got that look. Go so through. whatever you're about to say, don't say it. Yeah, I know. Uh, based. And I will admit, some of these, a lot of these terms are only used by people that are anti-government. Right. All right. Which makes them the FBI's enemy. Yeah. It doesn't make them RMVEs mm -hmm. or incels or any of these scary things that they think we are I've, but it, it I've does used, i've used the term based as have i i don't right. think people on the left use based no they use woke well we use that too though we do but is all as right a, well as an insult see if we can find any other words that the that the left uses on here larping uh, larping i use that dude lar, lar, wait a minute i use larping all the time yeah and i think that people on the left do too it just means pretending to be something that you're not yeah right but what the FBI like going, says going into that hipster coffee shop and the guy's wearing the exact same clothes as you, except I'm headed off to rig steel on a construction site and yeah. he's making espresso. I'm like, you're kind of LARPing as a construction worker right now, which is I don't think the left would say that because the left doesn't have jobs uh, working in <laughs> a construction site. That's, that's the point. Yeah. You know, they're slinging coffee wearing the same outfit as me. How would a... The left would be like, oh, that guy's totally dressed like a barista, but he's <laughs> obviously going to work on a construction <laughs> site slinging steel. The blue collar job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. LARPing, a term which stands for live action role playing, originally meant to describe a role playing game in which participants act out their roles as fictional characters. RMVEs and their associates use the term online to deride individuals accused of not being as extreme oh, I see. or in possession of skills or other valued characteristics so, but, but they claim to they're have. They're co-opting terms that are kind of common vernacular at this point, at least within the context of slang, and they're going like, well, these people also use it. I'm like, well, so what? Like, well, what, no, do I, what do I do with that's, that? That's the whole point here. The FBI yeah. has created this glossary of terms. They don't actually either, more likely they do know what they're doing here, but oh, yeah. what it sounds like is that they don't know what these terms mean. Mm -hmm. And so it'd be like you gave it to your mom to come up with. Like, come up with the definition of these terms. Make sure you frame it in a way that makes the people look really bad and racist. Right. And so that's what I'll, I mean, based. Pretty, pretty common trope. Based, the, the definition of base. RMVEs, which is uh, racial or uh, racially... This, this, this is so... Just typical government bureaucracy, ridiculous 
just nonsense. It's so fucking juvenile. Like, yeah, like the 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 intellectual well, foundation of this is so ridiculous. What do you consider? Like, it, it would be like saying, um, uh, "You want to go to the MoMA?" Uh, not a big fan of modern art. Oh, you know who else who hated modern art? Hitler. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what do I what do I do with it? Like, okay, I guess I'm going. Like, no, I still fucking hate modern art. It's stupid. Right. This is this is the same kind of line of thinking behind this list that's being made. Yeah, both opinions, by the way, are, are dumb. Um, <laughs> you should go to the MoMA. Just check it out. <laughs> then decide. I'm not going to the city, but go ahead. Uh, good point. Uh, so uh, don't read it. What do you think that? What, how would you define based? Uh, for me, just man. Or, or how is it used? Like if you're explaining, based it to, is the guy that's just aware of what's outside the three by five acceptable you know, card narrative the acceptable narrative like someone that's just uh has whether right or wrong but has done some kind of critical thinking and outside research to come to their own opinions i would call that base i would more or less agree with that okay what the fbi says based is (laughs) (laughs) rmves use the term to refer to someone who has been converted to racist ideology or as a way of indicating ideological agreement Hmm. Yeah, no. Which is not stupid. I, I'm sure people use it that way. Right. Retards probably use it that way, but most of us don't. Is retard on this list? <laughs> <laughs> Should be. <laughs> is this like Wikipedia where, you know, we can, it's, it's open sourced and people can add their own stuff? Okay. Red pill, which is kind of the same, use it all the time, similar term. Yeah. Uh, is, has a similar definition. It's funny. We've come like, for I don't know what in the last you know three years or whatever, like three years ago, like you you bring up the term the red pill and and people look down their nose yeah or they cringe or like oh you're like one of those guys and now the term red pill I'm like I don't know it just seems like something my parents would say <laughs> <laughs> I know it's become a boomer kind of we've kind of moved on <laughs> from that kind of stuff I had a friend I talk, wonder if that's true a while ago he was talking about what's your podcast about and he was like, a far lefty dude and. uh I said, like, uh, I mean, anti-authoritarian, uh, just anti-tyranny, um, just calling bullshit on everything, you know, anti-military industrial complex, anti-deep state. And, uh, and then, to be honest with you, just, you know, getting into, quote unquote, conspiracy theories and saying, like, wow, that turned out to be true, as it turns out. He goes, oh, what? Like, you guys are talking about, like, the Bilderberg group and stuff like that. I'm like. How old are you? <laughs> the fuck is talking about the Bilderberg Group? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to my grandparents right now. <laughs> That's great. All right. So the reason I bring this up is because of how silly it is. It is. And I think that just about anyone that and, sees this. And I, I got to say, I'm severely disappointed because this is all bullshit, right? Case closed. And... The Telegram, I've been finding these Telegram channels. Like, there are some fucking crazy people out there. Like, yeah. And it's fun to watch. There's a, a complete, a full channel dedicated to Aryan gnomes and how they exist. And they live in the hills. And they come out. And, like, I mean, like, with produced videos and articles <laughs> at site sources. <laughs> and, like, the fact, I almost want to text the guy. I mean, I'm sure I'm already on these lists. Like, you got to get on this list, bud, if you want to be legit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they don't have Aryan gnomes on this right, list, it's right. like, 
it's just so lazy and obviously designed to um, address boomers. Right. Right. And people that watch cable news yeah. and just take what the FBI says as the God's honest truth. Yeah. They watch and Joe Biden's speech about the biggest threat that we have in the world is MAGA Republican domestic extremism. And then you direct them to this list, and you're like, okay, this is the next thing. I'm, this yeah. is the next demon. This is the next boogeyman I'm supposed to be worried exactly. about. Exactly. Or in, in that same vein, they use this as a circular argument to say, like, well, sir, you know, if they're talking to a judge, like, he's obviously uh, a white supremacist. Uh, he used the term red pill. And you can see from our glossary of terms, right. red pill means he's yeah. a white supremacist. Yeah. So there you there you have it. It's, it's proven that he is, because yeah. we said so earlier, and then he said it, and then we confirmed it's, it's that. It's the same fundamental line of thinking of like why the notion of hate speech is so ridiculous it's like we're gonna we're gonna retroactively go back and look at everything that you said i don't know maybe you have a podcast or something <laughs> <laughs> and and uh if you do do not put it on the internet and what you said is hate speech according to who well us we decide that who's you well me and this hysterical facebook mod that i've assembled we have decided what you said is hate speech and now we've made hate speech a law so therefore, what you did is illegal. It's ridiculous. It's the most just completely absurd notion you can think of. Yeah, and it's it's uh, one of the most anti-free speech things I can think of. It's like with, it's so completely subjective. I'm like I'm relying on you people who are clearly mentally unhinged and angry about everything in the world because you're whatever reason is you guys get to decide. What ideas are pro you know what com what comedy is appropriate you know what can be said in a song what can be in some kind of art what can be done in a TV show what can be said on a podcast it's completely a one of the most socially destructive things I can think of to do. Yeah. Um, that being said, the reason I brought this up actually I got to go pee. Okay. Then I'll get to that. A lot of the establishment. Well, your ideas and values, they may work for you, but they don't all work for me. As far as I'm concerned, some are with it, and, well, some aren't. Mmm, that's a hard one to say. It's hard to say, it's hard to say. Well, wash your ass every day. Wash your whole body every day. And brush your breath at least two or three times a day with your teeth. And then, you know, wash that face. Do any of these things prevent venereal disease besides the rubbers? Carry some of your herbal or salt or pepper around in your pocket stuff and it open it up in your pocket and get mixed up with your lint cotton. What this glossary of terms is doing mm -hmm. is communicating to dog whistling, if you will, to uh, the people who take <clears throat> what they're fed from cable news right. as the God's honest truth without having to put any thought into it, right? Mm -hmm. They're just plating it up for... Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me um, a beer. Go on. It's <sighs> disappointment leaving my body. Okay. We do need to get a beverage sponsor. That would be nice. Maybe Bud Light. Bud Light would be available. Yeah. <laughs> would be good. <laughs> um, and from what I can tell, this here's my theory, basically, about what's happening in mainstream media. Mm -hmm. 
call it uh, corporate media right. or legacy right. media. Um, I feel like the walls are closing in on these people. Oh, absolutely. This yeah. is, I, I feel very optimistic about what's going on. Me too. Right now. I've actually now, been pretty amped on everything. The, the darkest hour is always just before dawn. As they say, mm-hmm. it doesn't totally make sense. I don't like that analogy. <laughs> it's also not true, but yeah. go ahead. Um, the coldest temperature is just before dawn. Okay. All right. Because the sun has not been shining for the entire night. I understand. And it's about to shine. I get the metaphor. At <laughs> which point the sunlight will warm the earth. Okay. <laughs> so the, what I see happening. <laughs> I hate it when you do that. <laughs> Maybe there's some listeners who are a little slow. Okay. I wanted to make sure they got the analogy. If someone did just rewound that. Hold on. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that in post, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, the bad guys who are trying to take control of America and usher in this global, you know, fascio communist mm-hmm. world government. Right. I think are feeling the walls closing in around them. I totally agree. And I like think, a I trapped animal, they are lashing out, getting more more aggressive and more outlandish and with more, their proposals. More desperate. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely right? agree. Now, Fox. This isn't the first time Fox News has fired a popular right. host, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, but Bill O'Reilly, it was there was a reason. Right. There was a he got me too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill O'Reilly was not. The extreme voice. No, he was he was a pretty typical late night older demographic boomer conservative. Yeah, right. And so you know, I'm and obvi- and, I'm ob- and to- pretty much towed the deep state line with everything. Never got outside his lane. Even today, like you, yeah. he comes on Glenn Beck every once in a while when I'm listening, and even Glenn Beck is just like Jesus, dude. Like <laughs> put together, a he's just a straight up out of yourself. <laughs> he's a he's fairly you know yeah. Neocon conservative, yeah. I mean, maybe neocon's not the right word, but you know, Republican, uh, right in the wool Republican, very straight Republican. I'd say chicken hawk, pro military industrial complex, right. pro you know, towing the party line. Uh, spent a lot of his time just on anti, de- you know, other establishment Democrats and everything. So yeah, there's yeah. there's nothing, at least from where I stand, nothing of value or uh, interesting or unique. In, no, he, in never, any he never had any really yeah. like it's innovative like, kind of thoughts about right what was going on in the world. That he he embodies the stereotype of Fox News. He ha- you know exactly. if you if you're a lefty like what's Fox News like I don't know and you start saying a bunch of stuff like yeah that's what Bill O'Reilly would say so yeah I would think that right like there. if you ask Fox News today they'd love to have Bill O'Reilly back if it wasn't for the Me Too thing. Oh for sure he fits the mold perfectly. Yeah. Now Glenn Beck was also fired from Fox News. Mm-hmm. I mean in case you were living in a cave. Uh, I'm I'm referring right now to Tucker, Tucker Carlson, Carlson yeah. being fired, or if you're listening to this in the year you know 2050, um, in, in your 15 minute city eating your bug burger. Yes. <laughs> like, what the fuck are these guys talking? I've never heard of any of this stuff. God, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Let's film that video. <laughs> um. Okay. So Glenn Beck was also fired from Fox News for being kind of too extreme. Oh, they showed him, though, because he just, where's he at now? Yeah, he's a nobody. Yeah. He's probably homeless. Yeah. Um, Tucker Carlson is 
10 times the presence. He was the highest rated show on all of cable TV. In history. In history. In the universe. Yeah. There is nobody more popular. So this was hilarious. I still, to this day, I've never seen an episode of Tucker Carlson, right? You guys have sent me clips. I've seen clips. Um, I'm just like, ah, I like it. Like, I, uh, I think he's really good at what he does. <clears throat> I've never been like a Tucker guy. I just, I'm not set up logistics-wise to watch cable TV or to watch the news. So I kind of, it gets filtered through me, to me through other means. And... Which is good because when you see it, you're always seeing it through your own kind of like right. bullshit yeah. filter instead and of religiously watching it like I did, like every night. Yeah. I got to the point where I was watching it every single night. Really? I had to see it. Yeah. You're like an old dude trapped in a I, young body. <laughs> I swear to God. I know. Except did Tucker you, did, is did different. You, did you do the old school move and watch it just fucking at some ear deafening volume and the phone's <laughs> ringing and you can't wait, you're just sitting in your recliner? <laughs> well, I got to be able to hear it. Yeah, so. Just kind of <laughs> napping every 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How else am I going to hear it? <laughs> is um, I remember seeing clips of more and more clips seem to be coming my way or popping up on various kind of social media platforms. I'm like, wow, seems like he's kind of stepping outside the narrative a little bit. I mean, this started a couple of years ago, to be honest with you. And then uh, when he did the yeah he wasn't always uh, no he was this guy no no and he then, used to be on CNN MSNBC right. and you know he's always maybe the conservative guy but he wasn't like uh, really reaching right outside the box he wasn't reaching for the truth right which those outlets are it's like diametrically he was, opposed he was to on they I can't think, have the truth on those channels I think in the, the beginning he was on CNN's Crossfire. Um, well, before that, he was a contributor on those right channels. But you watch those and a, a print journalist, I believe. Yeah, you watch those debate shows, quote unquote, and it was like two guys in the middle, like five to seven percent of the ideological spectrum, you know, arguing arguing over like very like like vast nuances of some policy or whatever. It was like completely mm. uninteresting. Was it about policy though? I mean, or whatever, like hot button issue. Yeah, was going on at the time. I don't think it was all that significant. It wasn't at all. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, Which is a point he <laughs> he makes in that uh, video that just came out that he that he released. I haven't Twitter. even seen that video, and uh, I kind of have guessed what he has said, and maybe you can correct me. Well, should we play it? Uh, do you have it queued up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You haven't seen what he said. Is, I'll correct um, you. You correct yourself after you watch it. Go ahead. But I remember more and more clips coming to my way, and then he was talking about. When he came out with the JFK stuff, basically said, like, the CIA killed JFK. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, some guy, like, the biggest, the most watched cable news TV show in the world, the guy who runs it, is just saying, which I've been saying, you know, my friends have been saying for since we started looking into this stuff in our early 20s or whatever it was. So it's pretty, remember we started making jokes on the podcast, like, that guy better uh, not got, get on any planes or go up into any tall buildings anytime soon because he's uh, you're not supposed to talk about this stuff. I mean, there's a reason why that guy got the CIA took out JFK in the first place. It's like he got outside his lane and you know saw things. I don't know we're not going to get into that. Well, we might. I mean, there's a reason why Tucker Carlson was fired. Right. Well, was he fired though? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was mutual. So you you know more of this. Than I do. Uh, if if it was mutual, uh, Tucker did a good job making it look like he was fired. Okay. And Fox News didn't really refute okay. that. So let's just say he's fired. And 
So this will be interesting because you know more about this than me. So let me, I haven't seen any of this stuff. I've seen like bits and pieces. So you tell me how much, um, if I'm right or wrong on this. Mm -hmm. Is So let's just say functionally for this conversation that he was fired, correct? And he was fired. I mean, none of us know actually what the truth are, but would you yeah. say that he was fired? What's your gut instinct? Is that he became big enough, he's like, I can talk about the things I want to talk about, and this is important. And mm -hmm. I'm seeing complete fuckery just mm -hmm. rife within our government and our deep, deep state, and I'm going to start calling it out. Yeah. He started calling it out, and they came, they came at him and said, like, yeah, you can't say this stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't say this about adverse events about the vaccine, for example. 75% mm -hmm. of our ad revenue comes from big pharmaceutical companies. And right. You can't, talk, you can't come None of whom, by the way, advertised on his show. Okay. And you can't come out and say that the CIA killed JFK. Like, are you, are you, CIA didn't advertise on a show either. Oh, didn't did no. they not? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they basically came at him and said, like, this, this is how it's going to be from now on. He goes, I'm not going to do that. Because he's he doesn't have to, okay, this is this is this is awesome. So when those fucking cackling yentas on the view had like a celebration party, like mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson's gone, and you see like everyone, all these lefties like celebrating, like yeah, oh, AOC. Oh, oh, he's ass out. Deplatforming like, work. Can I can I ask the audience if they'll help me do something? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, folks. Na 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 na. Anyone likes to celebrate the demise of someone's career, but well, he's, he's not, but he's he is responsible yeah. for no the demise of someone's career. Yeah, but but he <laughs> is responsible for the degradation that we see somewhat of our democracy in this country, and I just think as a faithful person, look at God, look at God. Well, in you know, Russian propaganda, hardest hit. I mean, he's been the biggest yeah. purveyor of pro-Russian talking yeah. points. Yeah. Um, so it's a good day for the Ukrainian Karma, Karma I saw this thing on Twitter. This guy said. Um, at Tucker Carlson, like, welcome to the resistance, like some basement-dwelling SJW. <laughs> just, like, trying to, like, you know, say, like, yeah, we got you now. Like, what, what's, what, I think, what was he making, $20 million a year? He's worth over $100 million easily. As soon as he, let's say, got fired from Fox News, the demographic, the demographic that counts between 25 and 45 as it pertains to cable, cable television, plummeted immediately yeah. he's gonna go somewhere else just like glenn beck did he's gonna start his own platform he's gonna bring the vast majority of those listeners to his own platform except now he's gonna make all the money he's the general contractor <laughs> now of his own show right and he's going to be able to talk about whatever he wants like i don't know why you people are celebrating and as you were saying this is such a good thing this is the death roll of legacy media yeah which we've been we're, we're witnessing it in real time we have been for a long time they fired Don Lemon too. Not to <laughs> compare Don Lemon to Tucker Carlson because Don, Don Lemon got demoted to the eight o'clock in the morning spot and was on <laughs> one of the lowest rated cable TV shows and the low and one of the most failed like networks. CNN yeah. is just like plunging into the yeah. ground. They're in this, I mean, CNN plus like took off because it lasted for what, 14 days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something no. like that. The fact that if he hadn't so, gotten fired on the same day, I don't think anyone would have even been talking about it. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> which they, was, I think, brilliant on CNN's part so that he couldn't claim like, 
uh, racism, racism or anything. It's <laughs> yes, like, no, because exactly. it was a big deal. Like, had it happened, you know, in some other time, right. he would it would have been a slightly bigger deal. And but this the Tucker thing just completely sidelined whatever happened to Don Lemon. It was on par. Uh, dude, remember that guy down at the sports bar? He was like the fry cook. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they let him go. Like, All right, on. yeah. Why, why are we talking about this? Yeah, he made. Did they find another fry cook? He made the fries just the way I told him to. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Timely, and but the point being of everything I was saying is that we are. Like he is taking that audience with him, and because he sees the model being made by a Glenn Beck or a Steven Crowder or all these people, they go like, even like uh, the you know the Daily Wire people, like we're just going to create our own platform. Like we don't need we don't need this. We we need to be not beholden to any corporate sponsors to be told what to say. I think some of those entities like Daily Wire, I think they have some marching orders. I mean, of course, once you start making money. And you start getting, you know, invested advertising. Like you do have to take that into respect. And so, I so go ahead. Well, I think that uh, here's two things that I think about it. I think the sm- for one, I think cable TV in as a thing it's dead is dying. Yeah, right. But it's still the best. It, it is dying, but it is still the best way to get your channel in front of people's eyeballs mm-hmm. because everyone has cable. I know you don't, and I technically don't, but I have YouTube TV, which is cable, but just through the internet. Right. And I, but you throw a rock at a house, you're going to hit a house that has cable. Mm-hmm. You'll see the line going there from the telephone pole. Okay. Good, good indicator, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's how you know which house to throw the rock Okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing so, it again. <laughs> hey, just got to make sure I'm walking people through this. Um, if I was Tucker Carlson, and I'm just putting this out there in case it does happen, and then we can say, I called it. Mm-hmm. If I was Tucker Carlson, I would go to Newsmax. Mm. Do you know what Newsmax is? Um, marginally aware. It's it. another cable news channel that's super conservative, right? Well, I don't know, super. It leans conservative, I would say. Okay. There's no such thing as a cable news channel that is super conservative because advertisers i mean do you ever notice who advertises well you don't watch tucker carlson but no the people that advertise in tucker carlson are my pillow and like the newest blender on the market and the fucking shake weight i mean it's it's like dude are they still running those shake weight commercials no but you can imagine like the the, the equivalent that's out there today that's what advertises on that's who advertises on tucker carlson talk about so, indoctrination so, I mean, honestly, for Fox News to lose that advertising, like, yes, he was the most popular show, but no one would advertise with him. Yeah. Car commercials, beer commercials, none of that happened on Tucker Carlson because no one wanted to be associated with Tucker Carlson. Really? Even though he was the most popular. Yeah. And so we haven't actually started getting into what I want to get into okay. yet, but that's kind of the, the <laughs> basis of it is gotcha. that no one is actually... <clears throat> The, the there's this populist movement happening right now because nobody is paying attention to what the people want. The, the corporate yeah. media doesn't give a fuck about no. the people. They're listening to a very marginal, bizarre, outvoiced, um, overly representative, like fringe ten percent. Who are the corporate media? Right. They're the fringe. Correct. They're the lunatic fringe. Yes. 
if I was Tucker Carlson, I would go to Newsmax, who can't afford him. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one can afford him, really. Right. For the the <clears throat> audience that he really has, right? I'd go to Newsmax, and I would just say, well, give me ownership, like half ownership yeah. in the company, and have a corporate news channel. And I don't know shit about this. I could be way off. There's uh-huh. probably some reason why this wouldn't work, but yeah. assuming it would work. Have a news channel that was a Tucker Carlson-minded news channel. That is a news channel that didn't give a fuck about what was kosher to say on TV mm-hmm. or not, and actually addressed real problems that the population actually cared about. Right. Right. And make the advertisers on that channel tons of money mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be that expensive to advertise, and the whole world would be watching. I right. mean, more people watch him than anyone else. Like, it's just it's just like basic math. It makes so much sense. And then he would own the whole news channel, wouldn't be able, subject to being fired, or maybe he owned 30% or whatever, right. and could actually influence the direction of the channel. And then we could have a whole Tucker Carlson channel and not just a, his show mm-hmm. that is in conflict with everything else that's happening right. on the channel. Because I still think that cable news is important. I mean, it's like I was saying, everyone has cable. Yeah. They don't want to have it. It's almost like you just think you have to have it. It's like one of those things, well, I got to buy gas. It's like, well, I got to have cable. Yeah, you know, even kids that have no money and no, you know, shitty job, they have cable in their house, so they yeah. can watch football on Sundays or something. Yeah. Uh, do you? you I had a thought about this. Is you had, I had fatigue whenever like something's front and center all the time. It's, it's I can't listen to this anymore. I'm kind of done. Every podcast talking about it. Every news channel. I'm watching the Yentas on the View or like celebrating. And like, hey, by the way, if you find your political opinions perfectly aligning with the chicks on the View, like. Take some stock, <laughs> like how you're getting information and what you believe. You know why it's called the View? Um, because I think they're trying to draw like kind of a picturesque metaphor that it's like a, a piece of glass in the earth and you're looking into hell. <laughs> no, no, uh, okay. good guess. Though. Oh, okay, I, I, I could be wrong. I believe it's called the View because they originally had they tried to have people from different viewpoints. Oh all kind of talking about the same issue. Gotcha. And so it was... A, How'd that work out? Yeah. They doesn't seem like they differ on anything to me. The most conservative person on there is just wrong about everything. So it's a horrible, horrible show, but it makes for good content. It's kind of like uh, our vice president, who, fingers crossed, will one day be president. <laughs> it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present, and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future. Stupid Robert Kennedy Jr. ruining everything for us. Yes, yes. Um. I had a thought because you were talking about this. I'm like, okay, like I'll I'll make my as I was driving home. I was like, I'll make my start self start thinking about this again. And we talked about before that, okay, the the bizarre aggressive celebration that Tucker Carlson got fired, and all of a sudden, like, like he's hurting. All of a sudden, you're like, I, what? like he's dead. Yeah, I was like, would you kidding me? Like he's rich. I mean, wealthy beyond you know doubt. Right. His audience, no matter what he does, his audience is 
going to go with him. Like, sure. he's not at a loss at all. And yeah. also, that this is a good thing for two reasons. And the first one being what we were talking about before, like, we are watching the death roll of corporate media, legacy media, which is a good thing. I want it all to fucking die, all the CNNs. I want Fox to die, MSNBC, because you guys are, you're, you're, you're bought and sold. You're corrupt. You, you lie. You're wrong. You're wrong about every issue. Like, and, and you're poisoning our entire country with just bullshit that comes out of your mouth all the time. Number two, do you know who Steve Albini is? Steve Albini was a producer, and he produced – he was in uh, – I'm trying to think. I don't want to be too obscure. He's in a band called Big Black. They had a song called Songs About Fucking. He's like a Chicago like indie guy, hmm. like uber cool, cooler than uh-huh. everybody else. And I think he came into the mainstream. I mean, if you're into like weird underground music, you've known about this guy forever. But he came to the mainstream. Um, Nirvana tapped him to produce their album In Utero, which is okay. the one that came up. If, or, never mind. Mm-hmm. And he's a very, un, very outspoken, very unapologetic, like very, very principled, like diehard independent guy, like indie, indie rock. And he wrote this beautiful article that I believe was in either Flipside Magazine or Maximum Rock and Roll. I can't remember which one. But he had said, and I'm bringing this back to Tucker Carlson and the whole corporate media news model, is he laid out the nuts and bolts of what it was like because at that time punk rock had blown up punk rock, using my finger quotes here, had blown up. So the Offspring were like a huge or a huge band all of a sudden. And Green Day and then Blink-182, I mean, they're fucking dog shit bands, but it had opened the doors. It became like the gateway band, so they can listen to like, ooh, now I'm like an edgy guy. I'm listening to No Effects and, you know, or whatever it was. But he was talking about the difference of like how much better off because at that time, and I was in bands at this time, the major labels were coming around and just trying to scoop up the next some 41 or blink 182 or whatever mm-hmm. and why these bands always have fucking numbers in their name is uh, it's very a odd period of time where you had to have a number in your name yes. like and uh oh, that's how major like label because you know that's how uh, 11 kkk have you mm. you looked into the numerology of that believe me i have i'm up on the adl's website and um and steve albini was saying like you know how many times i've seen bands come through my studio they got a major label. They signed to a major. You know, they never toured. They never did anything. And a major label goes, we're going to give you guys a million-dollar advance. Advance. Make sure Maybe you retain that, that <laughs> alone. That, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to go in, and, you know, you got a bunch of 22-year-olds or whatever. Like, we just got signed. They gave us a million dollars. And they're going to go in and do this insane recording. They spend a bunch of money, huge record budget and everything. And they're going to get a hit on the radio maybe and most likely a cover Atari's Boys of Summer, and turns out the label they signed to, which I think was DreamWorks, like, oh, we own the rights to the Don Henley original, like, so we're making double royalties on what we just suggested that maybe you guys put on your album, and we're going to push it as a single. So you have these huge bands that are fucking broke. They make no money. They break up, right? And it made me think of that. He goes, if you, if you sell 500,000 records on a major label, you're broke. Your, your band is done. They're going to drop you, and your band's going to break up because they own the rights to your name or they own the rights to your masters and everything. Like That's the end of your career. You took that million-dollar million advance, never got it paid back. Maybe you had a fun life in doing the 
whatever, Huggies fall into softness tour <laughs> or whatever bullshit corporate tour that they put you on. And now you're done. The whole career that you had to do. Now, if you sell 100,000 albums on an independent label where you have a deal with them, it's like we split it 50-50 maybe. On a major label, you're keeping 10% of your royalties on an independent. Like, yeah, you're rich. Hey, look, I'm going to pay out your record. I'm going to front the money. And we split everything down the middle. Handshake. Here we go. Like, you are fucking killing it. Yeah. You're doing it. So you have a band like... Not the hugest fan, but you have a band like No Effects, or like they never have to worry about money again. Mm-hmm. So they stayed on an independent label. No, and you ask your average kind of normie who No Effects is, they vaguely right. familiar with them. Right. So you could have what I'm getting at is you could have this model with the corporate news media and people saying, you know, celebrating that, like, oh, Tucker Carlson's going to be hurting. If he takes 20% of his audience on Fox News, which was the most watched cable TV show of all time, and takes it to his own platform the much way that's the same way that Glenn Beck did. He's going to be wealthy beyond like beyond anything that he was making on Fox News. Right. I agree. Uh, however, I don't think that he is going to have as many viewers. No, he won't. But he being takes from my from my perspective, I want him to have as many viewers as possible. I it's not good enough that he is successful. Yeah. He needs because he was so popular before and he i very rarely had a problem with what tucker carlson was talking about mm-hmm. and the things that the you know i'm about to play a clip for you of this of why the legacy media thinks tucker carlson is so bad um but the things that they accused him of doing i don't think he ever did mm-hmm. he uh was not a Vladimir Putin supporter. He never said, <laughs> I love Vladimir Putin. I just... I just they say how, he did. How, how, many, how many times have we heard that? I know. I know. That's Tol- what, Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian asset. It's like, it's just... Like, they he, said... Can you guys come up with something new? Yeah. yeah. They said that he... Uh, they Everything they said about him is based on false or half-truths or, or out-and-out lies, right? And so um, they, he, what I want is for his audience, which was huge, to continue going forward. So, yeah, if he goes to his own thing, if he goes to the blaze, if he goes, like, it's not going to attract as many listeners as if he's on, or watchers, as if he's on cable news. So I think he should go to Newsmax, but get ownership in Newsmax. Make Newsmax a alternative news channel that Fox News never was. Mm-hmm. Fox News is always kind of a rhino news channel. He right. just happened to be on there right. doing crazy shit. The same way Glenn Beck was. Yeah. But Glenn Beck never got as big. He just yeah. didn't have time. They killed him. So um, this is what you tend to hear about Tucker Carlson. Ambassador Catherine Weiler, Prime Minister Nick. You Trump. tend to hear commercials. Welcome. Sir, it's an honor to meet you. Honor to be things. Man. You know how the whole world remembers January 6th as the day a bunch of violent Trump fans stormed into the Capitol? Well, according to Fox News, we just got the footage wrong. McCarthy kept his promise. He gave all that footage to Tucker Carlson, who last night cherry-picked innocuous clips to try to rewrite what we all saw happen. such a fucking shill. It's like... That guy is ridiculous. As if it's the rest be, of the media didn't cherry pick it's, the same shit. It's between between him and Jimmy Kimmel, just like insufferable yeah. lap dogs for yeah. the narrative. It's so silly. I will say Jimmy Fallon, who 
falls into the same traps is not as bad. Not as bad, no. Yeah. I said Jim Kimmel. No, I know. Okay. Uh, I often get them mixed up. My wife has to correct me on who's who. (laughs) But uh, I like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. I think he's funny. He's funnier than both of them put together. Yeah, for sure. And coincidentally, is also not as stupid. Yeah. On January 6th, they were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Sightseers. Sightseers, really? Grab a rock, honey. We're going to the loo. The footage they showed, by the way, right there, in case you're just listening and not watching, since we actually don't have any video of this show, was people picking up pamphlets Mm -hmm. in the hallway of the Capitol. Right. Because they were curious about how their government ran and what the history of the building was. And it's like, who owns that building? This is the people's house, Matt. Ah, that's interesting. Interesting detail. I, I, I want to peacefully smear my crap on the Mona Lisa. See if she keeps smiling after that. If you have to punch a cop on your way in, you're not sightseeing. You fight seeing. <laughs> the idea of Tucker Carlson I see what you did being there. in that mob that day and not wetting his pants is hard to imagine. All Tucker Carlson proved is that you can make anything look better by not showing the bad part. How come they never show 9-11 planes taking off? You think that once the people gaslighting on a daily basis have been revealed to be liars, say, in multiple text messages in a $1.6 billion court filing by Dominion Voting Systems, they would pump the brakes. But apparently, some people are just addicted to being I find it hard to understand somebody who has never put himself in harm's way in, in any capacity for anyone else uh, or <laughs> like reporting the story. from uh, Anderson And yet Cooper. has the audacity to... <laughs> Try to rewrite history. Tell us about the hardship there, Cooper. To the former president. There's a whole industry of people who make a good living trying to make you think you're insane. Well, I make a very good living reminding... It's the same thing that... uh, Remember that commercial we played with Gavin Newsom, who's basically running for president? Right. Talking about how great California was and everything he said was the exact opposite of the truth. Yeah. They never can bring an actual argument of against Tucker Carlson. No. They just can say, like, well, he's a Russian asset or he he hates America or, you know, they don't have any actual evidence. And the one thing that Colbert played. The, the only thing I can fucking think when I see Stephen Colbert get all righteous and, and indignant. Is the and, dancing yeah, needles? Yeah, know dancing vaccine. I, me like, too. Full production coming out in these hyperdermic syringe needle costumes and they had a song called vaccine i'm like dude you are the most like just can you get the cock any further down your throat yeah of the fucking corporate narrative look at the one thing that he the one clip in this montage that they that this that i found of actually showing what tucker carlson said was him talking about how the vast majority of people that came into the capitol on january 6th were peaceful that's that's a and that was the clip the irrefutable fact and based on the footage that i don't know how you could refute that yeah and uh, all he could do is just kind of say oh that's ridiculous like why those people that you just showed you just showed you would have been much better off having the audio you should have doctored it up yeah had the audio of tucker carlson but showed the video of them smashing the windows Mm -hmm. that we've all seen a trillion times speaking of cherry picking right Um, so what's going on is the, the walls are closing in 
on the mainstream media. And it's a beautiful thing. And they are just, they're like a, an animal trapped in the corner, gnawing their own leg off to try to get out of this. They fired the guy that's the most popular uh, newsman that the world has ever known, the universe has ever known. Yeah. Did you happen to see the 60 Minutes uh, interview with Ray Epps? Uh, I actually heard some, I was going to, I was going to be snarking. Like, do you think I saw the 60 minutes episode? <laughs> I did hear some of the excerpts from that. So <clears throat> I'll just play a, a, a just the, kind of the, the opening of it here. Um, of news. Ray Epps is a. After I play this commercial. We are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. At six foot four in his desert camouflage, bright red Trump hat and military style backpack, Ray Epps stood out from the crowd on January 6th. That's him running toward the U.S. Capitol alongside the vanguard of rioters who first attacked and overran police. What do you think when you see this now? It brings back some bad memories. It's hard to see our capital under attack. It's been more than two years since the storming of the Capitol, but Ray wait, and his wait, wife wait, Robin wait. told us... It's hard to see the Capitol under attack? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I, 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 do I need to say this or... I'm not going to... Um, I don't know what the level of intellect of someone hearing this right now. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> Just... He spent two days trying to get people to storm the Capitol. Yeah. Okay. Well, you wouldn't know that if you watched 60 Minutes no. that night because they didn't show that. Oh, really? No. All they showed was that that one clip in the beginning where he goes, we're going to the Capitol. Notice, they cut it off. He doesn't say, we're going inside the Capitol. Yeah. We have to storm the Capitol. We have to go inside go the Capitol. Inside the Capitol. Which is what he said. And everyone around him started going, Fed, Fed, Fed. Yeah. They knew. They knew that he was a Fed. Totally. And also, I need to point out is that this is a detail there that I think is a little bit interesting because this was all centered around the Trump rally, right? Is how, like, supposedly this chaos ensued, you know, began. And he, diehard Trump supporter with his Make American Great Again hat, bright red hat, never went to the Trump rally. He was only outside trying to get people to go into the Capitol. If this doesn't scream fed to someone, I don't know what does. Well, the 60-minute uh, episode talked about how unfairly he was being treated. and Let's, how... let's talk about unfair treatment and on January 6th. Hold on. Before okay. you do, okay, I do want you to. But let's keep in mind that Tucker Carlson called Ray Epps out Many times, and that's what this—that's what this sixty minutes article was about. Was saying, how come we haven't addressed the Ray Epps issue? This guy was the only person caught on video saying, "Let's storm the Capitol. Let's go into the Capitol." He's the only one on video knocking down the the barriers, and he was never—he was interviewed and then let go. He was never yeah. put in prison. He was never his—he is complaining in this video that his life has been ruined. But I'd <laughs> like to talk to the people whose lives are been ruined by being put in prison for doing far less than right. he did. That's the point I was getting at. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, the, the, it has been nothing short of draconian of like how the people on that day that were arrested were treated. They were put in solitary confinement 
for 100 days, 200 days. The Buffalo Shaman, that, that whack job, uh, got sentenced to four years. And then this came out, mm-hmm. and they let him out for good Dr. behavior. Carlson's expose of the video of him just meandering the, around the with the came out escort, of pl- him, got him released. Him walking around with two police officers. Yes. Just like, yeah, just... Uh, That's what got that guy released. Yeah. So Tucker also, Carlson... And they said, but they said, they're like, well, no, it's for good behavior. I'm like, you right. kept that dude in fucking solitary confinement. Give him, give him access to any phone calls or a lawyer for multiple days. I mean, which most horrific conditions ever. You sentence him to four years in prison. You get him in there. The videotapes come out of him peacefully walking around with a cop, a security cop, a mall cop, or whatever, the, yeah. on each side of him. Like They look like they're uh, taking a leisurely tour of, of the Capitol. And you go like, well, uh, we're going to let him out for good behavior. And it's ridiculous, the narrative of the people on the fucking left, this is what drives me insane, of just aggressively like, all these people should be in prison. The domestic extremism, you hear Biden's speech, you know, they're mega Republican extremists, you know, they need to be put in prison. You know, they belong in jail. I'm glad those people are in solitary confinement. What about this guy? Not, not him, though. Not him, though. <laughs> right. You know how ideologically incongruent that is? When you say not him, you mean Ray Epps? Ray Epps, yes. Yeah. Not, so not only not him, but we're going to have 60 minutes do a whole episode on... Yeah. How awful it is that he's being treated so poorly yeah. by the media. There's this poor guy. Fucking solitary confinement. No, no, no. Right that's now. not nearly no, as bad no. as this poor guy no, this who's guy. being hounded. On his ranch in Arizona that yes. got interviewed once and let go. That's yes. the guy. That's, exactly. That's the victim. I mean, it's really sad the way he's being treated. That's the victim. Okay. Yeah. The guy, the only the guy, guy, guy that was by outside the way, screaming at people and all these other agitators are saying, like, this guy's a fed. This guy's a fed. Don't listen to him. The yeah. guy that spent two days. Huge Trump fan. Oh, dude, look at my hat. I'm, the, I'm here because of Trump. Didn't make it to the rally, oddly enough, but spent that time instead agitating people to go inside the Capitol. No, not him. No. No, no, no. We're going to let him go. No, that poor guy. Everyone else. They, the people picking up the pamphlets in the hall there, reading about the government of, in the house that they fucking, their fucking tax. Their house. Their, their taxes support and pay for. That's the, that's the guy that needs to be in solitary confinement. So here's the call to action. If you guys are loading your uh, magazines right now, I want you to stop doing that. That is not the call. Don't do that. Okay, we're not doing that. This is what I want you to do. I want you to call your congressman. Just kidding. I know that sounds boring. I'm not going to ask you to do that. This is what I actually want you to do. I want you to call into NPR. Very nice. And maybe they're talking about yoga or vegetarianism. And I want you to call in and act like when you when you there's someone that's going to screen you. I want you to do your best to sound like you have a really good point to make. And then as soon as you get on to the NPR channel and Michael Krasny starts talking to you, I want you to say, you know, I do. I am an avid uh, yoga enthusiast, and there's. Uh, this particular position that, that I'm into. But before I do that, I just wanted to say, isn't it interesting <laughs> that Ray Epps has not been interviewed only once by the FBI, and he's the only one that's been caught on tape saying, let's storm the Capitol. I mean, I mean, shouldn't we address that first before I talk about Downward Dog? Cruising big time, living the life like big Joe.